I hope you guys had an amazing Christmas. You know, Melissa and I, along with the kids, we had a great time. We spent Christmas tea, uh, Christmas Eve uh, with the in-laws. We, you know, we bit into that Christmas ham. It was really good. Christmas Day, we hung out all day with my sister, and we had Christmas brunch, and the evening was just super chill. I've been asking a lot of you guys what Christmas was like, and it seems like it was pretty similar, you know, pretty relaxing, pretty chill, which is awesome. Uh, we want drama-free Christmases, right? That's what we want. We want to have a good time just celebrating Christ and spending time with family and enjoying each other's company. But I'm excited for 2020. Of course, 2019, guys, you know this, like every year was full of ups and downs. Uh, but God, time and time again, he's proven himself faithful throughout it all. And I'm sure that every single one of you guys can say the same, that regardless of the hardships, God remains good. I've been reflecting over the past year as a church as well, not just me personally, but also as a church, as a congregation, as a family. Of course, uh, you know, as a church, it's been full of ups and downs as well. Uh, but, you know, guys, God has been faithful to us as well. As I was praying and reflecting about Vision Sunday, about, about this, about what we're doing today, I was challenged to look at all the ways that God was calling us to grow, all the ways God was calling us to grow. Now, listen, who here likes to remain stagnant? Who likes to remain stale? Who enjoys being dry and no upward mobility and no growth? Who loves that? Like, I want to be the same. I just want to stay where I'm at. Nobody, right? And, and like in whatever, not, not in your career, not in your schooling, not emotionally, not physically. Nobody wants to stay stale, stagnant, or dry in any one of those situations. The only thing we don't want to see growth in is our waistline. Amen? Now, we don't want to see it there. But everyone wants to grow. Everyone wants to grow. However, not everyone wants to put in the work that is required in order to experience growth. Not everyone, listen, not everyone wants to accept the challenges required in order to grow. And if I were to ask you, how many of us want to experience growth spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially? We'd all say yes. But if I were to say, how many of you want to put in the work to make it happen? I think that would be a much harder response. You know, every year we set out and put New Year's resolutions. And setting those goals is great. But without a commitment to growth in achieving whatever goals you set out, then it's pretty much worthless. So here's what I want to do today. I want to have a heart-to-heart -heart with you. Is that okay as your pastor? This is, this is a different message, guys. This is a different sermon. I want to have a heart-to-heart -heart with you. Because I want to challenge all of us to grow in four areas. And these are four areas that we need to grow in. We have to. But what you need to know is that once these things have been identified, once I tell you these four things, you're ruined. Because we all have a responsibility to carry them out. Alright? So this is the challenging part. How do we grow from yes and amening those challenging parts of the Bible to actually doing something about it? How do we go from simply identifying the areas of growth to taking the necessary actions to actually grow. That's the hard part, isn't it? And I'm convinced that sometimes we're like spiritual masochists. You know what a masochist is? A masochist is someone who enjoys pain. They like getting hurt, right? And sometimes we're a spiritual masochist. We enjoy the hard and convicting messages of the Bible. Yes, Danny, hurt me. Yes, Danny, convict me with the Bible. Ooh, that hurt. I can't wait for next Sunday so you can convict me again with your message. 
And, and, and we're like that. We're spiritual masochists. We enjoy the hard and convicting messages of the Bible, and we know them to be true, but it doesn't move us to do a darn thing. But I'm praying that that wouldn't be us. I'm praying that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that we wouldn't just identify these areas of growth, but that we would do something about it. After all, the mission God has given to us as a church, to our church, the mission that God has given us is far too great. It's far too important to not do anything about it. So if you're ready to grow, I need to hear from you guys. Tell me, I'm ready to grow. Let me hear it. I'm ready to grow. I don't believe you. I don't believe you, but let's see. Let's see. Take out your message notes, guys. Number one, in your notes, you can follow along, by the way. The message notes are also online on Facebook. If you go to our Facebook page or on the Bible app, if you open up, you'll find it there. Otherwise, there's a paper version with some fill-in-the-blanks, so you can follow along uh, there. Go ahead and take those out. All our Bible passages, excuse me, are there as well. And here's number one in your notes. We need to grow in love. We need to grow in love. You know, it seems that the times are growing more and more intolerant of differences. It doesn't take very much fishing around to read or see information out there about all the hatred, about all the bigotry, and about all the intolerance in our world. And this is definitely prevalent right here in our community in Bushwick. Tensions continue to rise in our neighborhood with the rising rents, with displaced lifelong residents, of new construction, what seems to be on every single block. And there's hostility on both sides of the equation. And listen, I'm, I'm in a Bushwick-specific Facebook group, and some of you are in it as well. Man, you got to read some of the comments that are on those posts and in that group. It's riddled with hate, and it's riddled with bigotry, and it's riddled with racism. This is the world that we're living in. But do you know what separates us as followers of Jesus from the rest of the world? It's one word, love. Because we've experienced the love of Jesus because God has poured out his grace and his love and his mercy on us. We are able to extend that same love to others. And that's what separates us from the rest. Now, I love what 1 Corinthians says in chapter 13, verses 4 to 8. Very popular passage. In fact, it's read in a lot of, uh, you know, wedding ceremonies and such. But this soup, it goes so far beyond just the love between a spouse. Look at what it says. It tells us what love is made up of. Here's, here's what love has. You have it in your notes and it's on the screen. It says this, that love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It's not boastful. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not irritable. And it does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Say this last part with me. Ready? Go. Love never ends. Guys, can you imagine a world full of patience? Can you imagine a world full of kindness? Can you imagine a world full of hostility, of humility rather? It is full of hostility. Can you imagine a world full of hope? Can you imagine a world full of endurance? Can you imagine Bushwick with these very same things? But you see, this is where we can be different. It's where the rest of the world is uh, highlighted by intolerance and hatred and bigotry. We can stand out. Because, you see, we have experienced this amazing grace and love. We can demonstrate it and we can put it on display as well. 
And while the rest of the community experiences this tension, we can put the gospel on display. We can put the love of God on display. We can show the love of Christ. Because here, look around this room. It shouldn't matter if you're black or white, Hispanic, Latino, Asian, rich, poor. It shouldn't matter. Because through the love of God and the power of Christ, we are all one family under Christ Jesus. And what that means for us practically is that we can be a family that is welcoming of everyone. And it also means that extending this love and grace, it doesn't begin with those that aren't here yet. Uh-uh. It begins with those that are in this room right now. It begins with those that are among us. So how will we shine a light that stands bright in the midst of all the darkness that we see around us? It's by growing in love. Because love is patient. Love is kind. Love is humble. It's long-suffering. It does not boast. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. And let me ask you guys a question. Is this how you treat your brothers and sisters in Christ? I'm not talking about your family. I'm not talking about your neighbors. I'm not talking about your co-workers. Is this what is marked in your walk with Christ? Is this, is this what it's like for you? Do you show this love to your brothers and sisters in Christ? Let's be challenged to grow in love. Here's number two in your notes. You can pencil this in. We need to grow in evangelism. We need to grow in evangelism. You guys know this passage very well. In fact, we read it recently several times in the past message series. It's Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 to 20. Here's what it says. It says, go. These are the words of Jesus, the last words he spoke to his disciples upon exiting the earth uh, before his ascension. He said, go therefore and make what? And make disciples. disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then doing what? Verse 20 says, teaching them. Teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Do me a favor, guys. Would you go box in the first part of verse 19? Box where it says, go therefore and make disciples. Go box that in. And then underline where it says, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. Go ahead and underline that part right there in your notes. And guys, this, was, this one is super important. In fact, this is the number one reason why we begin a new church, why a new church is even started. Churches are planted with the desire to share the hope of the gospel and to be good news in its community. That's why we start a church. Uh, Greg Laurie, he's a great evangelist uh, of our time. He's still alive. He says this. He says, a church that does not evangelize will fossilize. A church that does not evangelize will fossilize. And what he meant was this, that a church that does not have evangelism out in front will simply turn into a stale, dry, stagnant country club of disgruntled Christians that complain about the style of worship and the color of the carpet. That's what's going to happen. And one of Jesus' final words to his disciples was to go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And how do we make disciples? It's first by proclaiming the gospel to those who are far from God, and then teaching them to follow Jesus. This is what Wes mentioned in his message you know, last week when he spoke, that, 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 that faith comes through hearing. And we need to share the gospel. And without a bend towards evangelism, we will always be tempted to be content with whoever's present and never feel and sense urgency to reach those people that are far from Christ. 
We'll just be happy. Danny, can't we just be one, bit, one, one small happy family? Well, who's here? And never have a concern for our lost neighbors and friends and family members and co-workers and community. We'll never have. There's always that temptation. There's always that temptation to just remain inward and make it all about ourselves and forget about those that are lost. Now, as a church, moving into 2020, here's, here's what I promise to you. We're going to continue to provide opportunities to love and serve our neighbors. We're going to continue to do that. We'll be faithful in not only building new relationships, but also to continue faithfully proclaiming the gospel. I promise you that. But I wanted to ask you a very important question, Swerve Church. What role do you see yourself in this? You see, in order for us to grow in evangelism, you need to go from, I love my church, they're always doing stuff in the community. You need to go from that to, I love my church, I'm always out in the community showing and sharing the love of Christ to my neighbors with my church. You see how that's different? Do you have that same sense of urgency for evangelism? Do you have the same sense of urgency for your lost friends? Do you have that same sense of urgency for your lost family and neighbors? People without the same hope of the gospel that you have. Here's what I pray to see in 2020. I pray to see a church with such vigor and fire to see the lost saved that they will show up to the opportunities presented throughout the year to show and share the love of Jesus. I pray that I would see a people that have such a sense of urgency for the lost to be saved that they'll take a day off from work or they're pushed through the laziness or they're pushed through the excuses to show up at the Easter egg hunts or the fall festivals and the countless other missional opportunities that we have throughout the year simply because they have a passion to see people commit their lives to Jesus and plug into the family of God through the local church. That's what I pray to see. That's what I pray to see, that we need to grow in evangelism. The church that doesn't evangelize will fossilize. Here's number three. In your notes, you can write this down. We need to grow in commitment. We need to grow in commitment. I read this verse last week. I'm going to read it again. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. Read this out loud with me. Uh, You have it there in your notes. Ready? Go. And let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. We need to grow in commitment. Guys, if you read the book of Acts in the New Testament, do you know what you're going to see there? You're going to see an early church getting this point right here. They had an understanding about this right here that for some reason or another, 2,000 years later, we have forgotten Or perhaps the better word is, we have neglected. In the book of Acts, there was a commitment by the early church to gather not once a month, not bi-weekly, not during the holidays, and not even weekly. But you read that daily, they would gather together. Sometimes it was in the temple courts. Sometimes it was in the synagogue. A lot of times it was in each other's homes. But there was intentionality in relationships and gathering together. Now, let me ask you guys a question. Would you say that that's what we reflect currently? Do we reflect what we see in the book of Acts? Unfortunately, my opinion is that the answer is no. And by the way, not just here at Swerve Church, but churches all over the U.S. We simply do not make the gathering of believers a priority in our lives. 
And why is that? There's a million different reasons, but here's a big one. Uh, among many, we have a culture of individuality. You know, there's, that's the attitude that I can handle it all by myself and I don't need anyone's help. That's one of the reasons why. And I'm afraid that this is simply not a priority for many Americans. Going to church, gathering with other followers of Jesus, practicing love and service to one another, encouraging each other in worship, scripture reading and Bible teaching, this is sadly not a priority for many Americans. Is it for you? Is it a priority for you? Or is it simply something that takes the back burner? What excuses are you putting that's holding you back from making this a priority in your life? Remember, guys, we are a family. We say this all the time. We are a family, and every single one of you brings something unique and special to the table. And there's a word of encouragement. There's a prayer that you can offer. There's a hug that you can give. There's an ear that you can lend. There's a hand that you can give that's not given when you're not here. And at the same time, there's encouragement, prayer, and a hug, and advice that you could receive that you're not getting when you're not here. And guys, this is so important. We need to make this a priority. We need to grow in commitment. Are you committed? Can you make this a priority in your life? As you prioritize the things that are important to you, those things that are most important to you, we prioritize. And this is a massively important one. God's word says so. We must grow in commitment. If you want to set a goal in the new year, go ahead and drop 20 pounds. You know, go ahead, do that. Join the gym. That's fine. But what about, hey, for 52 Sundays in 2020, I'm going to make sure that I make a commitment to be with my church family. You know, when life groups kick off, when life group kicks off, like, I, I'm going to make that a commitment. I'm going to be in life groups. I'm going to make a commitment to gather, you know, to pray with my family, my church family. I'm going to make a commitment to do that. So go ahead, add that with the gym and add that with the 20 pounds and, and whatever other goals you have. I think this is a good one to add to your, to your goals as well for 2020. Here's the last one, number four. And, you know, this is, this is massively important, and I'm going to close with this. Number four, we need to grow in faith. We need to grow in faith. I love this prayer that Paul makes in Ephesians chapter 3. He says this. Now to him, this is God. Now to him, to God, who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Do you know that we serve a God that nothing is impossible for him? Did you know that we serve a God that his heart is for all to come to salvation and for all to experience his loving grace and mercy? Here's the question we need to ask ourselves heading into the new year. What are you asking from God that's something only he could do? What are you believing God for that's going to stretch your faith? God is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think. And I don't know about you guys, but I have faith to trust in a God that wants to do and is able to do beyond all we ask or think. And for me personally, I pray that God would make me a better husband. That's what I'm praying. God, make me the best husband that I could possibly be for Melissa. I pray, God, help me be the better hus a better husband and a father for my kids. 
Help grow me in that. I'm asking God to help me be a better pastor for all of you guys and a better leader. And I'm asking him to grow me to be even more like Christ in 2020. But what about for us as a church? What about for us as a church? Could we boldly approach God and ask him for something that only he could do? Here's what I'm praying for and having faith for. And I'm going to ask you guys, would you join me in praying for this as well? I'm praying that in 2020 as a church, we would grow in love towards one another. I pray that we would grow closer as a church family, closer than ever before. That as the church grows and diversifies, that we would see the beauty in our differences. And that we would learn how to live and love and serve together. I'm praying that God would break our hearts for the lost. And that the Holy Spirit would set our bones on fire for evangelism. And sharing and showing the love of Jesus to our neighbors and in our community. I'm praying that God would awaken our hearts to see our need for community and commitments to gathering. That we would not forsake or neglect gathering together, but that we might encourage each other to grow in love and good works. And I'm praying with great faith that God would awaken within many of you a spirit of leadership and a spirit of servanthood to see the needs of your church and to have the courage and the boldness to step up and fill those needs and serve your church. And guys, I'm praying for growth. I'm praying for more people to join our church family, to put their faith in Jesus, because there are too many people that are lost in our community. There are too many people that are far from God. So I'm praying for more people to put their faith in Jesus and to contribute to Christ's mission. we got plenty of room here to grow. we got plenty of room here at the school to grow. By God's grace, I pray that we might be able to reach even more people for the glory of God. So can you join me? Can you join me in praying for these things? Join me in praying for God to do what only He could do so that, so that He might get all of the glory. Read this, read this prayer one more time with me. Uh, this is Paul's prayer again, Ephesians chapter 3. You guys have it? Be, mean it. Let's pray it together. Ready? Go. Now to Him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up here. And uh, in a moment, I'll invite you guys to partake in communion. I'm going to pray uh, for us. As we partake in communion and as they lead us in this final song, I want us, and, and as you partake in communion, take time to reflect and remember the blood of Jesus, the perfect sacrifice of Jesus in our place to atone for our sins. As you eat the bread, remember His body that was broken for us, the chastisement of our sins upon His back, so that we might be made whole, so that we might be restored, so that we might be forgiven. And as you partake in communion this afternoon, here's what I'm going to ask from every single one of you. I want you guys to say a prayer uh, and ask God for something for you, for you personally in this new year. It might be to grow in faith. It might be to grow in commitment. It might be to grow in evangelism, to grow in love or a combination of those things. And then I want you to pray. Pray for some of the things that I mentioned for us as a church. After you pray for yourself, then spend a moment after you partake in communion and remember, and just ask for us. Pray for Swerve Church. Say, God, I pray that they will grow in evangelism. They will grow in love. They will grow in commitment. 
Lord, help them grow in these things, grow in faith. God, bring more people to your feet. Lord, help, help us, Lord, as a church to reach the lost and to share the gospel and that we would see uh, people put their faith in you. Would you guys say that prayer with me as we partake in communion? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray uh, over us and I'm going to invite you to pray with me. And then as they lead us in this prayer, you can at your leisure stand up, walk to the back, you can partake in communion, then head back to your seats and say a prayer. Pray for yourself, God. Whatever God's talking to you for 2020, what is he asking for you? What is he asking you to grow in? And then pray this prayer for us as a church. Bow your heads, guys. Let's pray. Let's pray for this um, right now. And then we can partake in communion. God, to you be all the glory. To you, God, be all the praise. We ask with faith, God, that you would help us grow in love that we might love one another and serve one another as Jesus loves and serves us. What a great example we have in Jesus. I pray that we might grow in commitment and not neglect the community and the gathering you have given us. I pray that we might grow in evangelism, break our hearts for the lost and give us courage to share our faith with those around us. Help us grow in faith because you are an amazing, <coughs> huge and powerful God, that nothing is impossible for you. So God, give us the faith to trust you to do what only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.